This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, May 4th, 2014. The Ripple Effect, Random Acts of Kindness. Good morning, Connection Community Church. It is so good to be with you today. Just want to pause and say thank you for all the prayers for me and for my family. Last week I was in Texas doing a a very sad funeral for a 14-year-old who um, tragically died. But I really felt the power of prayer through all that. So just want to thank you so much. Uh, my name's Carrie Jones. I'm, Al- I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you for today. Thank you for the beautiful day it is and for opportunities that we have before us. God, I would ask for you to kind of help us set aside any distractions, uh, ways that our mind wanders, and just really kind of laser focus on you and your message for each one of us, unique and special, right here today. So we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we shared the last couple of weeks, um, even after the disciples were aware of the empty tomb, even after they'd seen the risen Jesus, they still weren't quite sure of what was coming next. They were still uncertain of their futures. You know what happens when we're unsure of our future, if we're a little uncomfortable? We tend to gravitate towards something that we're familiar with, gravitate towards something that we know, gravitate towards something we're comfortable with. And that's exactly what happened here. Uh, Peter announced, I'm going fishing. Now he's going back to what he used to do, back to what he knew, back to uh, the days when um, things maybe made a little more sense to him anyway. And um, we find that in the 21st chapter of the book John wrote about Jesus' life. I'm going fishing, Peter says, and a couple other disciples uh, say, we're going too, doubting Thomas and and then a couple fishing buddies of Peter's from before, James and John and Nathaniel and a couple other, fishermen, uh, a couple other disciples. Um, funny thing is, though, several of these guys were former professional fishermen. They earned their living doing that. That was their livelihood. And yet they fish all night and they come up with nothing. Nothing. I'm wondering if maybe this was just a little hint to them to say, Professional fishing is no longer part of your future. So while they were still out, and it was very early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. Now at this point, Jesus had died and was resurrected. So this was the resurrected Jesus on the shore, but they didn't recognize him. Jesus calls out to them, hey, did you catch any fish? (laughs) And they said, nope, or something like that. And, um, I'm glad they were real happy to hear that after going empty all night. Too. Yeah, yeah. Here's what Jesus did. He told them, they didn't know it was him, remember, to put their net on the other side of the boat. And they did. And what happened was that their net was so full of fish that they even had trouble lugging it in. Here's something to think about. Funny, isn't it? how things work out when we cast our nets where Jesus wants us to cast our nets. Hmm. 
So as Kerry said, they didn't recognize it, but John, I guess, finally realized who it is, and he tells Peter. You know, Peter's kind of impetuous. He jumps right out of the boat and starts running toward the shore because the boat's so heavy with fish, it's going to take a while. The rest of the disciples kind of pull the boat in. They're about 100 yards from shore. And when they get in, though, Jesus has a barbecue already set up on the beach. He's grilling. He's got fish on the grill, bread on the side. Isn't that awesome? I guess if you like fish for breakfast, it is. But uh, anyway, I guess they did. And he says, come on, bring some more fish. We're having breakfast together. Cool scene. And that takes place in John chapter 21. If you have your smartphones, you can go there beginning at verse 15, or the words are up on the screen. When they, it's the disciples and Jesus, finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you. Jesus said what? Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter's getting a little perturbed, didn't he? Come on, gee whiz, three times. I think Jesus purposely did three times, because if we recall, not too long before, Peter had three times denied even knowing him in Jesus' greatest hour of earthly need when he was arrested and taken to trial and then crucified. Three times he had denied him, so Jesus gives him three times to make amends, three times to repent, three times to recommit himself to Christ. Uh, interesting, the first time he doesn't just say, do you love me? He says, do you love me more than these? And you know, these, from your old English class, is a, is a pro, uh, these, these what? It doesn't say what it is, does it? These, mm. So we have to say, well, what is he talking about? Well, maybe he's talking about the fishing equipment, the boats, the nets, all the stuff, the paraphernalia, they just was using to try and successfully finally after he listened to Jesus catch fish do you love me more than these in other words okay we've been doing this for three years now it's time to uh <laughs> fish or cut bait <laughs> it's uh <laughs> you um do you really love uh, you love me more than what you used to do for a living do you love me more than the stuff you just turned to when things got crazy do you love me more than this stuff are you willing to let that go once and for all and fully commit your life to me. Do you truly love me more than any of that? On the other hand, he might be asking Peter if Peter loved him more than these other disciples loved him. This reminds us of the Last Supper just before Jesus was crucified, where they were together in the room, and Jesus told his disciples that one of them would deny him would turn their back on him. And Peter said, oh no, never me. I will never deny you. And we know that he did do that. So maybe Jesus was just doing this check with Peter to see if Peter, you know, was still that self-assured, almost cocky kind of guy instead of humble, realizing, Jesus, I'm going to like lay my life out for you. Um, 
apparently Peter learned because his response was, yes, Lord, like he didn't compare his love to in context with the other disciples and instead he just simply said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Mm. Yep. And each time Peter assures him, you know, Lord, that I love you, Jesus just doesn't let it drop, does he? He then tells them something to do. And basically, it's a similar thing. It's a little different each time, but basically the same thing. Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Each time he says, I love you, Jesus responds with some action. You see, the thing is, talk is cheap. Amen? I love you. You can say that without anything else. But what do you got? You got to attach some action to the words. If, when we look in the book of James later in the New Testament, that's all it's about. I mean, it's like, don't just talk it. Don't just say it. Put something with it. Let's put some action with those words. Some serious action. Some, in this case, some sheep feeding action. So here's the thing. Jesus is not saying that we must do these things to earn our salvation. It's like, I'm going to love you only if you do this. That's, that's given. Like when we give our life to Christ, Jesus loves us no matter what. Jesus loves us even when we don't love him. So it's not dependent on good works, but salvation is a gift that's freely giving, given. What it does, though, when we uh, do things, when we put some action into our words is that it shows Jesus how much we love him in a very practical, a very visible, a very tangible way. Yeah. Feed my sheep. You know, it's interesting when we talk about the Bible. We have people on all over the spectrum, even here, from those who take the Bible very literally, which means they say, I take it absolutely literally, which means everything in it is exactly what it says word for word, to those who would take it what I would say more figuratively, where it, it, it has meaning beyond what's actually on the page, if you know what I'm saying. And, we, and then we're all on that kind of, that spectrum, that continuum at some point, right? Here in this particular passage, I don't think anybody takes this absolutely literally. You're going, what do you mean? I'm saying, well, I'll tell you what I mean. How many here have uh, a year's supply of Purina sheep chow in their garage? Well, how are you going to feed the sheep? Amen? We're not talking about sheep. In this particular case, Jesus doesn't care about sheep, real sheep. He's focused on people, real people. That's what he's talking about, even though he uses this sheep reference. He's talking about us. In another place in the Bible, we say where Jesus is the, the great shepherd and we are his sheep. Interesting concept here. Jesus tells Peter to feed and to care for sheep, for people. And in telling Peter this, Jesus is telling us that as well. You see, this isn't just just a story for that particular place and time and, you know, end of story. The Bible is the living word of God. It's alive, and we are called to represent Christ in the world, our mission to connect people with Jesus and the life he offers. And so that means that we need to live this out as well. 
Now, it might mean literally feeding someone. There are a lot of hungry people in this world. That's why we have bags out there for you to fill, and when they come in, we can offer them food because there are many hungry people. So some people really need to be nourished with food. Other people are starving spiritually. And so Jesus might be calling us to offer not physical nourishment, but spiritual nourishment to care for someone, to reach out to someone, to let someone know that they are loved by a most high God. And so our challenge is to figure out what that means for us. You know, what do we do with this? How do we live this out? How do we help? What kind of feeding should we offer? Mm. So here at Connection, we feed in a lot of ways. One is what we're doing right now, right? Worship. We try to create, we, we don't force people to worship. We don't create worship. What we do is kind of create, try to create an atmosphere in which um, hopefully you're comfortable worship, you feel close to God, where there's an opportunity to be open to God's presence. That's what our hope is. We have teaching opportunities like um, Disciple Bible Study or Alpha or our Segway things and stuff like that. Another way that maybe you get fed here at Connection, another way is hopefully through small groups. Great opportunity for sharing and caring and daring with other people where you can learn, you can um, help one another, you can um, hold each other accountable. Great opportunities for feeding. Many times, though, many times, feeding is, is very simply, um, well, just a simple random act of kindness where, where we let somebody in a very simple way know that we love them, that we care about them, and hopefully through that they realize Jesus loves them, that we're basically the hands and feet of Christ, a random act of kindness, sharing God's love in a practical way. That's where I focus the rest of the message this morning. Several years ago, we uh, went to California for a conference. Boy, that was the great place to go. And we had the opportunity to hear Pastor Steve Shogren. Steve has built an entire ministry around random acts of kindness. And he believes that small things done with great love will change the world. Can you say that with me? Small things done with great love will change the world. He calls this approach for caring for others servant evangelism. Evangel means good news. Sharing the good news through servanthood. I mean, Jesus was the ultimate servant, and then we are to reflect, be the hands and feet of Christ. And so Steve's ministry, Random Acts of Kindness, is to be those hands and feet of Christ through kindness. And at that conference, he shared with us that one of his um, spiritual heroes was Mother Teresa, which is true for many people. She, many people look to her, and, and he points this out. It's really interesting. He says, you know, Mother Teresa's greatness came mainly from simply carrying sick and dying people from the gutters of Calcutta to a place inside where they could be cared for in their dying days. She carried like 35,000 people from those gutters inside of the home for the dying, which she started, and she did it one person at a time, 35,000. Started with one. It, always, it had to start someplace, started with one. Uh, he he, he kind of humorously shared, he says, you know, Mother Teresa's on, on the fast track to sainthood, and what she was was a human forklift, mm -hmm, bringing the people inside so that they could be cared for 
one person at a time. Pretty basic sharing of God's love, wouldn't you say? Carrying people inside. She led, uh, she fed sheep through this loving kind of action that she did. Small things done with great love can change the world. We call that the ripple effect. Say ripple effect. Ripple effect. Yeah, the ripple effect. You know, like when you drop a pebble in the pond. Did you get a pebble when you came in? If you didn't, be sure to get one. The ripple effect. I remember uh, with my brother, we'd go back by a creek behind our house and we'd have to find just the right pebble and, you know, he'd like skim it and it would just go hop, hop. You know how many hops? Three hops, four hops. He got really good at it. But it, w it didn't just land in the water and that was it. It created ripple after ripple after ripple. What you do affects someone else. What you do makes a difference. It prompts others to do simple acts of kindness. Yeah. Pastor Lori was sharing with us the other day that um, she was at Chick-fil-A, and I guess church or something came up between her, they're talking at the counter, the girl at the counter about church, and the girl said, share with her something that happened in the drive-thru just the other day that... Um, Somebody had paid for the person in back of them's meal in the drive-through, and that created this like domino effect, this ripple effect. Ten people in a row paid. That movie was paid for, but they paid it backwards, so to speak, <laughs> right? Paid for the person behind. Isn't that incredible? Ten people in a row. That's just like wow. That's incredible. Another time, Lori was at Dunkin' Donuts, and she paid for the person behind her, and when she came back the next week, the girl at the counter said that there were like six more people after that that just kept passing that random act of kindness. It's like a pebble in a pond, the ripple effect. You know, the thing is, um, you may never know. Uh, Lori found out the next week. You may never know the effect of one of your uh, acts of kindness, but that's okay, you know God's going to, can use it some way, but sometimes it might, or you might never know, or it might be years. Um, a few years ago, Walmart had a whole bunch of extra flour. Somebody here was aware of it. They brought, they, they filled their back of their pickup and brought them to church, figured we could use them in some way. It was going to be too many days till Sunday they would wilt, so Lori's in every one of these stories, by the way. Did you notice that? <laughs> anyway, Lori, she must be the pebble yeah. expert here or something. Lori and I were here, and some, a volunteer in the office, I, sorry, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. We said, okay, let's take these flowers up to Four Corners, up to the crossroad there. And uh, people are stopped at the light, not while they're driving, but while they're stopped. Hand them a flower and say, uh, just sharing God's love in a practical way. Hope you have a great day. Simple. We did it, got rid of them. It was great. About four, I don't know, three or four years later, I think it was, I hope I get this straight, but a woman in the congregation comes and says to me, says, you know, you probably don't realize the effect of what you did a few years ago. I said, what was that? She said, well, you and Laurie and this other person were up at Four Corners giving out these flowers, and you gave me one in my car. You didn't know me from anybody, but I was having an absolutely horrible day that day. And you gave me a flower and said, you know, sharing God's love in a practical way, and it made all the difference in the world. It just brightened my day. Wow. And I'm sure that person, if it brightened her day, it had to then brighten the day of whoever she came in contact with 
you know, how that works. That, isn't that wild, several years later? Uh, and the only reason I found out was because she happened to be coming to church here. And I don't think that is the reason she came because of a simple flower, but coming to church here, she had an opportunity to share what had happened there. But even if we'd never known, it doesn't keep us from doing it, does it? Because we know God can take those simple, random acts of kindness and change the world. And so we have a challenge for each one of you here today. In your program, there's an insert. It says, random acts of kindness. Would you please take it out? Shake it. Won't say it. Shake, shake, shake. All right, so we have listed 10 opportunities for random acts of kindness. We are asking you to choose seven of the following 10 random acts of kindness and try to do one each day of the week coming up. One each day of the week. Some of them are a little time consuming. Some of them might cost a little bit of money. Some of them don't, like giving someone a genuine and heartfelt compliment or leave an extravagant tip. I mean, there's, but do a random act of kindness. Connection Church, we can change the world. We can change our communities wherever we are. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, and I know you do that all the time, this random act stuff, so you all do it in so many ways, and we're just, we want everybody, if you're a guest here, let's just do it, let's be a change agent, let's have this ripple effect in our community, do a little servant evangelism, sharing God's love in a practical way. Now, some of you here today may not be sure who God is or you haven't, you know, taken that step to give God your life, to make God the leader of your life, and that's okay. We want you to be a part of this too, this random act of kindness, because when we do things like this, we really it's for our benefit more, we begin to experience this unconditional love, this no-strings-attached kind of love that God has for each one of us. I think we get blessed more than the person who's on, on the receiving end. So, Connection Church, let's make a difference with these random acts of kindness. Jesus, in John chapter 21 asks a very challenging question on the service. It may not feel that way. Do you love me? But I'm telling you, I think this is the most challenging question. Do you love me? If you do, feed my sheep. Put your love into action. Connection Church, let's be a change agent. Have a ripple effect wherever we're at, and let's do some random acts of kindness. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, um, I feel like this, this John chapter 21, this question, do you love me, is perhaps one of the most challenging questions in the entire Bible that you have for us because what happens what our answer is really changes our life whether we do or we don't so um help us lean into that 
And ultimately, we pray that everybody makes a decision of, yes, I do, Lord, love you. Help us be a ripple effect. Help us make a ripple effect wherever we're at and be used by you to change the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. God, I also um, feel prompted to say that your act on the cross, sending your son to the cross for each one of us is not random, but it was so intentional so that we would see the depth of your love and realize that you even beat death itself and that gives us hope and peace. Thank you. Just want to say thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.